Trials and tribulations, life can get rough. And through the storm, we'll make it just put your trust in him. No matter what you're going through, I know that I'll never leave you. You feel that you can't take no more. You may think you've seen it all. Welcome to another episode of the Get Happy with Jay podcast. I'm your host, Jatan Woods, and today I have the pleasure once again of having attorney Don Jackson here with us. He is uh, pretty famous in our community, and he has been a longtime president of the local NAACP and has also served on the state level in that organization as well. So there's so much going on in the news that we definitely want to pick the mind of a legal expert. So Don, thank you so much for joining me today. My pleasure. And first up, we were talking before we started recording, kind of going over what we were going to talk about. I want to address the Jesse Smollett situation. As of today, it is absolutely insane. It's like, is he guilty? Is he not guilty? What's happened with these uh, charges that have been dropped? Let's get on into it. Like, first of all, based on the evidence that we know, which of course is limited, do you think at this point that he is guilty or innocent? Well, quite frankly, in light of the uh, testimony of the two young men who uh, came out and admitted that they were the ones that uh, allegedly attacked him, uh, if I had to accept their testimony as, as gospel, I would say he was guilty. I mean, First of all, when it first, when that story first hit, I had a lot of sympathy for Smollett. I did too. I thought, how awful! This right. is a hate crime. Definitely was a was a hate crime as it was described. I mean, you know, putting chemicals on you and dropping a a, 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 a loop over your neck and mm-hmm. uh, uh, like it was going to be a lynching. Uh, you know, and of course, you know, with my background, my first thought that it was some evil uh, racist white male that mm-hmm. uh, perpetrated the crime against him uh, or two of them. Yeah, because when we see all the crimes that are being committed, the hate crimes, it's not a stretch to imagine that that could happen. Exactly. And uh, and then he told his story. But then later on, you know, the investigation uh, that uh, came from the Chicago Police Department was that, wait a minute, this was a setup thing that uh, Smollett did himself, allegedly, for um, because he was upset with his pay on the show, whatever that show Empire. is. Uh, Empire. Empire mm-hmm. that, uh, that he was on. And, and those guys, when they came forward and gave straight uh, forward uh, testimony as to how it all went down, mm-hmm. uh, I... I put a great deal of credence in what they had to say, and uh, and based on that evidence, uh, I don't know how Smollett could have mounted a defense to it, quite frankly. 
And but since then, those two brothers have like disappeared off the face of the earth. Well, they were from Africa to begin with, I think, and, mm-hmm. and I think they went back to their home country. And plus, I was but, wondering too if part of their deal that they made that they um, have some sort of a gag order, maybe they can't talk about it because people are like, "Why aren't they being interviewed? Why is no one talking right, to them?" Right. Well, and I haven't heard anything about a gag order in the in the case. It certainly didn't apply to Smollett because he. He kept talking about the situation, mm-hmm. so um, I'm not sure there was a gag order, but at any event, uh, you're right. What happened there has just got everybody in the country confused. Uh, now, I'm not even sure why, at this point, the charges have been dropped against him. Yeah, and expunged. Right. So, as, Already. A, as an attorney, can what does it mean First of all, when your charges are dropped, and then what does it mean when they're also expunged? What's well, the difference between the two things? Well, first of all, when the charges are dropped, that means the prosecutor has determined that they're not going to pursue uh, criminal charges and therefore some sort of trial, either by uh, a bench trial or a jury trial. So uh, just means that they are not pursuing it any further. When it's expunged, and that's the strangest thing, Ordinarily, expungement doesn't come that quickly after charges have been filed. Yeah, usually people fight to have their records expunged years later. That's exactly right. And uh, why there was this rush to expunge those charges has not been explained. Um, Why Kim Fox, the uh, uh, state's attorney in, in Cook County decided to drop the charges. And she did a 180 because she was very public in the beginning about we're going to get this guy and it's a travesty of justice. And for her to just, I mean, that's one of the shocking things that she was really after this guy. And then to do this, it makes no sense. Well, there had to be a quid pro quo for that because uh, the the word is that he agreed to forfeit the $10,000 that he had posted, the cash dollars that he had posted for bond. Mm-hmm. And and in exchange for everything else, he gave that up. So there had to be something there for him to have agreed uh, to give up $10,000. And, and, and he did two it. days of community service. Yeah, well, and so for those two things... Wouldn't there had to have been some sort of guilty plea? I don't understand how they could force him to do anything if they were dropping the charges because there was no evidence of a crime. But there was evidence of a crime, and uh, unfortunately, I think this has damaged Kim Fox uh, a great deal. Uh, Absolutely. And she needs to come forward and explain in detail um you know why she took this action against him uh he's a famous person mm-hmm. uh, made more famous by the fact that yeah. of this situation the likelihood of him getting work in the future in his chosen profession in my judgment may be slim and none well i think what he's done is he's hurt himself right even after you know it was a great day for him when the charges were dropped and everything like this but it's like you know that the likelihood is that he is guilty of this. So then why would you go out and do a victory lap and make a statement thumbing your nose at the community of Chicago and everyone else 
and saying, you know, everything that he said, like, I wouldn't be my mother's son if I had done this and still getting in front of the cameras and speaking about this. He should have just slunk away and let this die down. Right. But he himself fed fuel to the fire by coming forward and, like I said, taking a victory lap after this. This is nothing to feel good about. You know, and if there was no evidence to support the charges against him, why would you voluntarily give up $10,000? That's a lot of money. Even to yeah. somebody in, in his situation, that's a lot of money. Why would you agree to do mm -hmm. community service unless there was some evidence that in exchange for those two things mm -hmm. um, uh, was going to be, and, and why was it necessary to expunge it, you know? And what seal was expunged? it. Yeah. We have to talk about the fact that the record has been sealed. And um, talk about that. What does that mean when your record is sealed? I know that it means that the media and certain people can't have access to those records, but or what else does that mean? Even employers that uh, may seek some evidence of uh, background or uh, anybody that wants to uh, check, do a background check on you in the future um, uh, as a result of, uh, you know, employment, whatever it might be, uh, they will not have access to to those records. They won't be able to see what the underlying charges were or why they were ex expunged or why uh, Kim Fox uh, and the state's attorney, in fact, did what they did. It's completely as if it didn't happen. That's right. It's been, right. like, wiped off the face of the earth right. legally. So my question now is because there are people... I mean, Rahm Emanuel was all over the media, and the gentleman, I forget his name, who's the chief of police for Chicago, a black gentleman, right. um, they're all over the media talking about how angry they are and how upset and how they're determined to have this overturned. Is there anything legally they could do at this point? Wouldn't that be like double jeopardy? Well, I don't think there's anything they can do. I know they've made uh, some inroads or some requests for the attorney general of the state of Illinois to look into it. Uh, mm -hmm. But, you know, I think Kim uh, Fox has the discretion to mm -hmm. discharge any charges that are filed with her office and for any reason almost. So uh, I don't think there's anything they're going to be able to do. The question is, you know, we've also had Trump had, uh, you know, the audacity, the, the audacity <laughs> from him having escaped his own <laughs> investigation. We'll Boy, talk about that in part too. But. Right. Uh, but he's talking about having the feds look into the situation to see if there was a federal crime. So what could they do? Because they were saying that the only thing that the feds could possibly look at is the fact that they're alleging that he sent um, the original letter, there was a threatening letter that was mailed to him on the set of the mm. show. And they're trying to allege that he may have sent that to himself and saying that since it was a postal thing that the feds could intervene on that part of the investigation. Well, that's pretty thin, quite frankly. I, I think that would be a, a very thin excuse for them getting involved. I don't see that there was a federal crime here at all. And uh, consequently... Uh, I don't see that the uh, the feds have any grounds whatsoever for entering the case. If they did, of course, everything that's mm -hmm. happened in the past, uh, including the real nature of the charges, uh, the reasons for uh, the uh, dismissal of the charges and the expungement would all come to light uh, on the federal system. 
But to me, this whole thing from the beginning has been problematic because, first of all, it just seems like there was too much publicity surrounding the the crime. I think you had people wanting their 15 minutes of fame that were getting out ahead of their skis, as Mm. they say, in the media, whether it was the prosecutor, whether it was this chief of police, and everyone's taking interviews, and everyone's all over every newspaper and every news show. And to me, that began with overkill on the story. And then 16 felony counts, I thought that was overkill. Is that normal, And or do you think that was too much for the crime that was allegedly committed? Too much. Uh, it's a situation where someone famous is indicted by a, uh, a you know a county prosecutor, and uh, to show that they're tough on on uh, uh, you know people like him, uh, they just pile on everything that they can pile on, and mm-hmm. whether some of it will stick or not. So yeah, it was overkill. There's no question. And it's about problematic it. because it's Chicago. Right. And in preparation for this interview, I read that in 2018 alone. Chicago PD has had to pay out over $48 million to uh, victims, whether it was like police brutality, something going wrong with cases, $48 million in 2018 alone. So that tells you there is something seriously wrong with the Chicago PD, first of all. And secondly, all these murders that are going unsolved in Chicago And that's the thing, too, that, you know, I do believe that Jesse's guilty. But in the grand scheme of things, I'm like, you are still spending money, time, and resources on this case where no one was killed. I mean, it was an awful thing to do, no doubt. But no one was killed. No one was even really hurt. And there's people every day being killed in Chicago. And it's like, I think that time, effort, and resources should be directed back to stopping crime and figuring out who's murdering all these people in your city. Well, I agree with that. And and the reason why it got so much publicity was because he was a celebrity. And that just brings more attention to Chicago, and uh, which allegedly has the worst crime situation in the country. I'm not so sure of that. But they do get a lot of publicity. And, of course, you got uh, uh, the fella in the White House, 45, who... Whenever he gets a chance, he brings attention to the city of Chicago. He sure does. In, in his wherever he's at. Uh, so, yeah, I agree with you. I, I think that, um, well, that's one of the things I think the city could do. They, they have alleged that they're going to go after Smollett for, I think, $180,000 is what they claim they spent in mm-hmm. the investigation, which seems... In my judgment, uh, a little light, quite frankly. Uh, yeah. When you think of the yeah. the media uh, surrounding this and uh, how much they had to dig in order to find these two brothers, and who sent them back to Africa, you know? I mean, mm-hmm. there's so much the that has been unanswered in this case. So much. Yeah. I just think, is there some powerful person behind the scenes that has greased some palms to make this go away. Well, you almost have to believe that because I, I, I don't, I've never seen anything quite like this before in no. my 46 years of practice. And let's be honest, especially with a black person. Exactly, especially with a black person. If it was some 
uh, someone from uh, another race, maybe. But this has just been uh, incredible. The other thing that troubled always from the very beginning is I don't know why Smollett believed this could be used as a negotiating tool with the show to get more money. I mean, how does that even fit into the picture? You and know? the show is supposedly ending anyway. I think exactly. there's only like another season. Right. So I don't understand. Well, it'll be another season without him. I, I think they would be remiss if they brought him back on the set. But, but now, now he can use the excuse as the charges were all dropped. There's yeah. no reason for you to, you know, act against me in any way. I've been cleared. But you know what? I still think that it would be a liability for uh, any other producer or director or show to have him on there. Uh, the very nature mm-hmm. of uh, what's happened in this case, even, even the fact that the charges were dropped against him, Mm-hmm. will be negative vibes by people uh, in the future uh, that shows would rely on to buy their product. So yeah. I, I think he would be a liability on, on a show, and I think he has killed his career, quite frankly. I think so, and it's sad because he's an immensely talented individual. Yeah. And he had, you know, despite the show ending, he still had his whole life and career ahead of him. I think he's, I don't even know if he's 30 years old yet. He's, he's a, a very young, young person. Man. Yeah. And, but, you know, I think he's hurting his own image because he's strutting around now. Yes. You know, with leather coats and gloves on and dark glasses and like. Saying he's the gay Tupac. And- <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think he is destroying his image even more uh, by the aftermath conduct that uh, he's engaged in. Yeah, uh, absolutely, because he he did that little mini statement that he made. I'm like, seriously, just go somewhere and sit down. Be happy that you're free. Shut up and let things die down. Because the nature of people, we love to build people up, tear them down, but then let them have their moment of redemption. Right. And if he would just go away and shut up, his moment of redemption could possibly come at some point, but he's hurting himself. Yeah, I think he's uh, dead in the water as, this far, as far as we go from this point on. And now on to someone else that's a celebrity and uh, that is in the news. And normally we don't really deal with celebrity issues on the show because it's not a gossip show at all. So we're not handling it in that way. But again, looking at it from a legal perspective and how these things are impacting our community, whether we like it or not, we have to talk about rap superstar Cardi B. And she has come into some serious trouble in the last week or two. And uh, I'm not going to assume that all my listeners know who Cardi B is because everyone does not. She is a Latina rapper. Um, I think she's Dominican and Puerto Rican. And uh, I say that uh, for another part of my conversation that will come up. But um, she is right now rap royalty. She recently at the Grammys won the Grammy for the best album, which I personally didn't think she should have because the record wasn't that great, but who am I? Um, And so now she's this super famous person. Uh, Before she was famous, she was a stripper, which she openly talks about. Um, She also openly shares that she uh, did some prostitution And there is video of her coming out of her own mouth, not what someone else alleges, not audio, but video plus audio of her admitting to starting like a prostitution thing 
where she would tell a gentleman, you know, let's go back to the hotel, cash exchange, whatever. And in the process, she would drug this individual when they're knocked out then she would rape them. I'm not rape them, that's another part. She would rob them. She would take their money, possessions, mm-hmm. whatever. She openly admits this in tears, saying that she had to do what she had to do. That was the only way she could survive. And then there's also another video where she talks about being vindictive. And I don't know if she did this once or if she did this multiple times, but telling a person, uh, we're gonna go have a menage a trois, meaning someone's going to join us in the bedroom. Again, she drugs the person, they pass out, they wake up with sore bottoms and other sore parts of their body, not remembering what happened, and then she gloats and laughs in their face and says, ha ha, you slept with a transvestite last night. And so I don't know if she took pictures or video of this, but just alone doing this to straight black men, not even gay black men, but, and that begs the question of rape. When you're committing sexual acts with someone and they are unconscious, that the only definition of that is sexual assault. Exactly. And so to her admitting to this, and now she's crying like, woe is me, you know, I did what I had to do because I was poor. And I'm like, sweetie, I was poor. <laughs> Everybody was poor. <laughs> Who wasn't poor, was... especially if you're a person of color exactly. in this yeah. country. And I never did such and would <laughs> never have thought about doing such. The so, alternative was get a job. You yeah, know? you yeah. did have options. I mean, right. stripping is, you know, as right. awful as that can be. At least that was a job that makes you know, I hate to say it, good money. So therefore, if she was already doing that, she didn't need to prostitute, and then she didn't need to drug and rob people or set them up with transvestites. So there is no excuse whatsoever for that behavior. And she's also even talked about at the time she was stripping, she was going to college. So obviously Mm. she was intelligent enough that where she had some sort of goal, so this is just an excuse, this, oh, I'm poor, I need to go out and do this this and that and it's so problematic and troubling because there's little girls all across the country especially little girls of color little black girls that are listening to this and are they going to think oh it's okay if I'm poor and I don't have means let me go strip and prostitute and drug and rape men right so do you, as a man yourself in hearing this I mean what do you think I was horrified well, well uh, first of all I'm not a big fan of rap music so uh, my knowledge of Cardi B is limited, but I, I can speak to the acts that you're talking about. I see liability on two fronts. Uh, first of all, clearly criminal front. I don't know how she would defend a, a statement that, uh, you know, it's an admission against interest. Uh, I don't know how she would defend it if uh, she was charged criminally for, uh, for uh, you know, prostitution and ultimately uh, at, at least an accessory to rape. If, uh, mm-hmm. even if she didn't do, actually do the act, she certainly was an, ex, uh, an accessory to it. But I also see liability on the civil front. If I'm mm-hmm. one of those guys and I knew that I was a victim, you know, depending on my circumstances, of yeah. course, I may not want <laughs> the public to know that I put myself in that kind of situation. I think that's the only thing that may save her is the fact that who wants to come forward 
and admit that, first of all, they were soliciting a prostitute because nine times out of ten, the person's probably married. Right. You know. Well, the owner of the, uh, the, the uh, what, New England Patriots uh, got <laughs> caught in a sting like that. So uh, uh, there's more out there than you can imagine. And, and speaking of uh, charges being dropped, weren't they dropped and, against him? Exactly. Conveniently. You know, and he's on fact, video committing the acts. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I... In that case, I, I think you may be right. There was somebody's palm got greased to make that happen, quite frankly. But, uh, but yeah, I see liability on two fronts. I, somebody, you know, one of those men or men, uh, one, one of the men will undoubtedly now sue her. She's mm-hmm. made all this money, you know, off of rap music. Trust me, they will go after her. Well, one and, gentleman has come forward, but it seems like, his story is possibly a lie because it just I mean and he admits to being an actor on his Instagram pages and things like that so his story is a little bit thin but who knows he actually possibly could have been one of her victims yeah exactly Uh, and you know people are always looking for excuses to try to take somebody else's money and uh, if you give me an excuse on a plate like she's done in terms of the admissions that she's made Mm-hmm. Uh, why not? You know, uh, you may not be the most honorable person or you may not be looked at very favorably by the public. But on the other mm-hmm. hand, you know, I can see uh, somebody suing her for two, three, four, five million dollars. and Easily. And, and uh, in light of the admissions, uh, it would be probably a pretty easy case to prove. So, and this is part of the Me Too movement. Right. And I think this is... Uh, a come to Jesus moment with that movement in that if you want to target all the men who are predators and who have committed sexual assault, you also have to turn the mirror on the women. And it does, there are women that are predators. And we were talking before the show about statistically, when you look at teachers who have had inappropriate relationships with students, the number of female teachers who have had sexual relations with underage students far outnumbers that of the men. Right. But somehow that gets swept up under the rug. And like as someone who's an advocate for survivors, I must be an advocate for all survivors, right. male and female. And I think this goes to the problem as we have so many men and boys who are victims that don't come forward because of the stigma against it and that people automatically think oh you know it's a badge of honor if you have sex with a with a grown woman she's showing you the way and how it's somehow looked at differently and no it's the same predatory behavior so we have to shine the same spotlight on cardi b that we've shown on deceased michael jackson on r kelly and everyone else that we're talking about as far as this movement. And you know, that's a historic problem. I, I can recall back when I was a young man in the in this community, growing up in the uh, what they called at that time the Warner Homes, the projects. I mean, that went on. There were, there were a lot of um, uh, female heads of households in the community. And uh, there were a lot of young men that uh, had their first experience uh, with sex with older women mm-hmm. in the community. And it wasn't a matter that you uh, would be uh, encouraged to report. 
not uh, at all to, to any authority uh the police or otherwise in fact back in those days the poor the police were more likely to tell you well what are you in here complaining about man you you know you got some experience you know mm-hmm. you know go back and get her again so i'm not surprised by that and we know even within the city of peoria there have been incidents where individuals uh um uh have uh you know, encourage sex with uh, male or female teachers that uh, mm-hmm. that went unreported. Uh, so I'm not surprised by that. I'm not surprised that the incident, uh, uh, the number of incidents, uh, far more greater uh, of women versus men. It's just one of those situations where people didn't see that as offensive. Mm-hmm. If a woman did it to a young male, than an older male doing it to a young lady. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what, you know, that, that was considered to be more uh, offensive and mm-hmm. uh, prosecutorial uh, judgment was exercised every time that that, right. that came, came about. So uh, I'm not surprised by that, quite frankly. And uh, it's uh, in, in Bill Cosby's case, you talk about predators. I'm not a big fan of Bill Cosby's. I wasn't, uh, uh, you know, when he, all these charges came out about it. But I am convinced that some of the women who got, who came forward to testify were predators themselves. I mean, historically, famous people like Cosby mm-hmm. didn't have to drug women to have sex with them. I mean, you know, young starlets always thought that the way to well, we all know the about casting the couch. casting couch, right? The way to to become famous was, uh, you know, that you found a famous person, you had sex with him, you know. So, uh, uh, while I have some sympathy for Cosby, uh, uh, I wasn't a fan of his, and I know that in some cases he probably did what he was accused of doing. But uh, having said that. Uh, I think some of the people that came forward were suspect. I think they saw dollars. I said that from the beginning. Right. Some of those women just, quite frankly, weren't believable. And right. and even in the trial, I think Janice Dickinson. She was didn't one they, of those. Yeah, and it came out, and she had to tearfully, I think, admit that she had, you know, exaggerated right. and that she had done drugs willingly because you also have to look at the culture and the climate at that time. And it was common in Hollywood that people did drugs and did things like that. Again, not excusing Cosby because I think he was guilty of at least some of these women. Right. Well, and, and uh, <laughs> the fact that he's the first one uh, isn't uh, to go to jail for that is indicative of our society. Uh, you know, uh, they're they're always going to uh, uh, put emphasis on African Americans who may engage yes. in African American males who may engage in the same conduct mm-hmm. that white males engaged in 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 Hollywood. And and we know there were so many predators, even male on male predators. Oh yes, you know, that, yeah. Uh, Some of that has been still exposed. have not been prosecuted. Mm-hmm. The Epstein gentleman who was taking black men mostly to his home, drugging them, and some of them died. Right, right. So, and Here I don't even go. know if he's been arrested yet. Yeah, uh, well, for some reason that's excusable conduct in, in our society. It's not excusable if an African-American engages in it. And, and, I and think, in either case, mm-hmm. rightfully so. Yeah. But 
Fair is fair. You know, if you're going to prosecute those kind of crimes, prosecute them all, not just. Uh, yeah. And I ones. think that has caused a whole lot of problems and in, in backlash in the black community and how a lot of black people are angry at people like myself and others who have spoken up about Michael Jackson and have spoken up about R. Kelly. And I think multiple things can be true at once. Right. And what I mean is that it it can be that these people are guilty of sin of what they've done. And yes, it's unfair that only the black people seem to be targeted in the media and the focus on them. Both of those things can be true at the same time, but it does not it does not excuse the behavior or the nature of the crimes either. That's exactly right. And uh, R. Kelly is a good example. Wasn't there recently uh, uh, some expose about a female that basically engaged in the same kind of conduct that R. Kelly engaged in? Seems like it was it who it was. Was just, she black or white? She was white. And, well, I uh, know that there was a, a an actress, and I can't remember who she was. I think she was the ex-wife of Anthony Bourdain, the mm -hmm. chef that committed suicide. And she was one of the big proponents of the Me Too movement that kind of helped really take the movement away from um, the African-American woman, Tarana Burke, who started the movement. Mm -hmm. um, you know, Hollywood swooped in and basically took that movement away. And I can't remember her name, but it turns out that she did the same type of behavior with, I think, a 17-year-old guy who right. was like an intern at uh, the movie studio or something like that, and that she forced herself on him. Right. That may be the one that I'm thinking about. I, I know it as I read the story about it, the first mm -hmm. thing that came to mind is R. Kelly. I wonder if she's going to get the same attention uh, from the media that R. Kelly got. And the answer is no. It was like a no. it was a That's quick right. blip in the media, and then it yeah, was gone. Right. <laughs> yeah. Slap him on his butt and say, "Well, enjoy yourself, didn't you?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I really think I brought all that up to say I really think that this movement has been so good and I think a lot of good has come out of it and can come out of it but it has to be of equal nature right and not just targeted at one color regardless of your gender or your race you need to be called out on these actions I don't disagree with that and I have criticized prosecutors for um, allowing some predators uh, some people to get away with crimes uh, who are happen to be uh, Caucasian that African Americans don't get away with. And I think the fact that we, the population of African Americans in this country uh, is less than the uh, Caucasian population, but if you look at the jails, you would think that we're the only ones that commit crimes in this country. Right. Any day you can go to the courthouse in Peoria and in the gallery see those who have been charged with crimes who mm -hmm. are waiting to see the judge and the fact that uh, they're more often than not african-american is just disturbing to me quite frankly well, somebody's the old, looking yeah. the other way uh, well they just crimes. recently as of january did away with uh what do they call it the crime report where you could go to this website every day right. and you could look at the arrests that had been made overnight and there would be like the mugshot and the charge that the person was charged with and I've even said to you on another show that we used to do together 
it would I was just appalled and it was like almost a part of my daily routine that I would get on that site and look at it and see that only about 13% of Peoria or so roughly is African American but like at least 90% of the arrests were always black with a few sprinklings of Hispanics that number was growing as well but very few Caucasian in this community that is way predominantly Caucasian, but everyone on the arrest report is black Right. every single day. Well, it, it's a historic problem. There's no question about it, uh, whether it's, you know, arrests within the city of Peoria or on the highways in the state of Illinois. It's the same problem. Uh, many times stops on the highway, for example, uh, a trooper is sitting on the side of the road, sees an African-American driving by and maybe a Cadillac Escalade. And and the immediate thought is, how can he possibly be able to purchase such a vehicle? He must be a drug dealer, so I'm going to mm-hmm. stop him for some reason. And uh, the next thing you know, uh, you know, the dogs are brought in to do a walk around. You may be as innocent as mm-hmm. as uh, snow, as they say, and uh, you're going to go through that. Sooner or later, you're going to go through that. And those situations can escalate to the point of someone ending up dying. That's exactly right. If, uh, you know, we at the NAACP, we have recommended to young men, especially young African-American males, I said the only thing you can do in a situation like that is comply and complain. You know, you cannot win the argument mm-hmm. on the street. Uh, they have the authority to But complain to shoot later, because right. even as you're complying, I've seen people like allowing themselves to be cuffed and arrested, and they're saying, why are you doing this? Right. You can't do this. I know my rights. And that just escalates to them getting the crap beat out of them. That's exactly right. And, and, and uh, of course, you, you, you look at situations like that, and one of the things that's always troubled me there must be a script that uh, officers are taught at training schools when they first become police officers that says, if you're ever in a situation like this, this is what you say. I thought he had a gun, you know. Uh, I feared for my I life. Feared for it's my the life. classic you line. Know, it's the same script. I don't care in, in what circumstances you're talking about. Uh, it, it's the same script, and, uh, and they use that to... Uh, to be exonerated you know this laquan mcdonald thing that just happened in chicago yeah i was gonna say in chicago of all places uh, yeah finally a police officer who committed murder Mm -hmm. finally went to jail uh he didn't get the sentence he should have gotten i mean 16 times you shoot an individual who Mm -hmm. uh, allegedly was walking away from you or it's not even allegedly anymore that's the testimony he was walking away from the officers. Other officers had been on the scene. They determined he was not a threat. In fact, they had called an officer uh, from the tasing unit to take him down with a taser. And along comes Van Dyke, or whatever his name was, and uh, decides the moment he gets out of his car that he was a threat and shot him 16 times. And why Flat is it that other officers around because most of the time when these incidents happen there are other officers around that could help could try to help de-escalate these situations and they stand by while these murders take place exactly 
Well, in that case, the, one, the first thing that struck me is uh, the fact that they were waiting for someone from the tasing unit. Don't and, they all carry tasers? Well, that's what I thought. And uh, I know in the city of Peoria uh, and the county of Peoria, they all carry tasers. So, the, in fact, that's been one of our complaints. And in some of the shootings in the city of Peoria, why they didn't use their tasers before they used their guns, you know, quite frankly. But uh, that was a strange situation, uh, and, and unfortunately it shows that the justice system from beginning to end is not one that's in favor of African Americans. When, the, uh, when it came time for a judge up there, a female judge, who I think ought to be off the bench, uh, to give judgment over whether or not other officers falsified their police reports by virtue of of uh, being present on the scene and seeing everything happen from beginning to end uh, she determined that uh, didn't care she didn't care about the jury verdict that Van Dyke was guilty as sin um, in shooting uh, the young man uh, she exonerated all the police officers mm -hmm. they asked for a bench trial for a reason they knew that the mm -hmm. judicial system in Chicago was going to exonerate them because they're police officers. Mm -hmm. Not because of what they did. It was clear that they had falsified police reports. Even, even some of the officers uh, gave testimony that the superior officers came to them and said, I want you to write this report this way. Some refused to do it because they knew it wasn't an accurate account of what happened. So... From beginning to end, the justice system has always been one that has uh, not been um, favorable uh, to African Americans. And I don't care if you wear a robe or don't wear a robe. Mm -hmm. It's true in the in it's true in the state system, and it's true in the federal system as well. And of course, the federal system is getting worse as the current president has the opportunity to seat judges for life. And they so are how frightening is that? They are, he's destroying the image of the judicial system on the federal level, which some believed, because they have this appointment for life, uh, they don't have to worry about being reelected or mm -hmm. reselected. Uh, some believe was fair, much fairer than the state system. Not anymore. No. I mean, the judges now in the federal system are as biased and and politically motivated mm -hmm. uh, as they are in any other system. They're still human beings, even though they wear uh, a robe. I can remember when Sandra Day O'Connor was on there, and uh, mm -hmm. uh, she voted uh, in the presidential election uh, when there was this dispute whether Bush or uh, uh, Gore won that presidential election. Mm hmm well, she basically said, not on my watch. I'm not about to let a Democrat get in the office and make selections. And so uh, she was one of those who voted uh, for Bush in terms of solving the situation in Florida. I mean, yeah. that was about as political as it gets, mm -hmm. you know. But uh, they didn't make a big issue out of it at the time. But uh, uh, that was just an example of how biased the uh, federal system is and the state system. 
It's absolutely criminal. And we will discuss this topic and many more in part two that you will hear next week. So we want to say thanks to Don Jackson for being our guest this week. And uh, if you enjoyed that knowledge as we got to pick his legal brain, you're going to enjoy even more on next week. So stay tuned to the Get Happy with Jay podcast. As always, you can catch us on iTunes. We're on Spotify and we're also on Google Play Podcast. You can always go to our website, gethappywithjay.com and catch up on all archived episodes. You don't have to miss one single episode and always join the conversation. Shoot us a line at our Facebook page, Get Happy With Jay, like the page and you can give us a comment there or on the website. And so until next week, as I always say, do something to make yourself happy. It's not selfish, it's self-care. Tell me how-